Welcome to the Sisters in Service podcast. My name is Kat Cortado, also known as the Voice Connecting Women Veterans Nationwide. This podcast is for anyone connected with the military, from veterans, male and female, military spouses, military brats, even parents who may have children who are in the military. As an Air Force veteran, I understand the trials and triumphs that women veterans go through in service and out of service. And so I wanted to find a way that I could put it out there into the airwaves and let everyone know what we're going through and find a way and a solution to what's happening to us in the service. I also like to highlight these women who are business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're bosses in their business. And so I hope that you will follow me, you will share, and you will subscribe to this podcast, which comes out every week on Tuesdays. And as always, please stay safe, take care of each other until next time. And it's never too late to start your impossible. Welcome, sisters in service, to another VSO Spotlight with Jane Babcock. And today we're going to be talking about what's available for women at the VA, particularly MS, fibromyalgia, pre and postnatal um, benefits for women. So, Jane, welcome back. Hello, Kat. Hello. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits for um, um, fibromyalgia and multiple sclerosis. Let's talk about a little bit about that. Who's eligible? Um, what's the time frame from the time you get out to now, you know, from while you're in service to out of service? And, and how do you get those benefits? Well, fortunately for all veterans, any diagnosis, if you're inside the VA healthcare, you're eligible for health care. But in particular, MS has a time limit of seven years from service. If you are diagnosed after service up to seven years later, the VA considers that to be such a slow progression illness and takes so long to really get a good solid diagnosis for that it's on the presumptive list. So they're going to assume that you had the initial beginnings of your MS while in service. So that's a presumptive condition for all genders, but it is a disease that follows women traditionally at a higher rate. So if you're out there and you've been diagnosed with MS, look at, the, look at whether or not that was within seven years of service. And fibromyalgia, unfortunately, is one that they are looking at because, again, it seems to be striking women, especially veterans, much more easily and sooner. So again, it's one of those things, get to the VA, file that claim, let them have all the statistics and information, especially things like where you were stationed. Is it related to some type of chemical exposure? Is it simply your military occupation? You know, if you were say a drill sergeant doing a lot of extra PT and running and all this kind of stuff or special forces or any of those high physical jobs. So get in there, get that filed, get the free health care. And along with that eventually comes all the extra things like in-home care services, nursing home care, and of course, compensation. So here's a question for you, Jane. What if on your exit physical, the doctors find that you have the beginnings of MS or or fibromyalgia. When you get out, 
can you still, I mean, do you have to go through the same steps or is it because that it's been documented in your medical records that you don't have to prove that, that it's just something that they, when you go for your VA benefits, that they'll see that and, and assume that it's going to get worse? If you have any type of traumatic illness, whether it's a cancer or otherwise, you're going to, if you get diagnosed in service, or the doctor says, well, you know, you've got some symptoms kind of make me think that it might be this. You need to get that solid diagnosis and service because you need to talk about whether or not you should be med boarded. Med board is something that a lot of soldiers aren't doing that should be doing. Because if you have conditions that are going to progress, especially could progress rapidly, could progress traumatically to the point where you're not working in a few years, then you should be looked at for a med board because they're not going to want you to stay in service. So reenlistment is probably not going to be an option. But the other thing is, is if you have those conditions, then you're going to may possibly lose your income in just a couple of years. That med board, that possible retirement benefits, that possible TRICARE and everything else that comes along with it may become vital for the support of yourself and your family. That's good to know. So if it's diagnosed in service or they hint that maybe your symptoms are this, you should get it checked out when you go to your civilian doctor. No, no, no. Force the VA. Even if it means being extended in service, that thousand plus a month in retirement benefit, that free TRICARE, definitely. And if you're under 65 and you get your VA rating, and it's going to be something traumatic that puts you at 100% or unemployable, then you have the option of $10,000 with a free life insurance if you apply for it within two years of a new rating. That 10000 could save your family having the cost of a funeral, or at least most of it. I did not know that. Let's talk a little bit about pre- and postnatal benefits for women. So I had no idea that that was possible. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. I, I'm past the baby-making stage, just saying. But for those that aren't, you know, and, and they're veterans now, that, that's actually a possibility for them is to use VA benefits for pre- and postnatal? Oh, yes. Um, the head of our hospital down in Milwaukee sent out a big blast when they had their first baby born at the hospital. <laughs> so yes, every type of healthcare, whether it's your annual checkups, whether it's your mammogram, whether it's uh, later in life needing a hysterectomy, it's there. You can go. And if there's not a VA hospital nearby where it would be easy to get there, you know, all of a sudden you start labor, you're not going to drive three hours. <laughs> right. So, the VA <laughs> not not happening. With those, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you don't mind the police officer delivering your baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the VA will set you up with that local care. They'll set you up with that local hospital and things like that. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be inside the VA hospital. If your hospital hasn't already transitioned and developed a clinic and a section of the hospital for OBGYN and things like that, which Mm -hmm. some don't, but then the larger facilities in the big cities do. So 
you may still end up at your same civilian doctor, but you may also mm-hmm. be told, okay, you're only 15 miles from the VA hospital. But so that brings me to my next question. So a lot of people are saying, oh, that's great, but I'm in Podunk, USA. So mm-hmm. what do I do? So how do women get those benefits if there isn't a VA hospital close by? Yes. Get into the VA, get your initial uh, exams and stuff like that. And then they're going to say, okay, look, we don't want an eight-month pregnant woman, especially if they've had um, Braxton Hicks contractions. And we think, you know, we're not sure whether or not they're going to go into a fast labor or short labor or things like that. So then they'll set you up with your local hospital. Yet that option is always there. I mean, if I'm in a car accident today, I happen to be in a little town called Mauston, Wisconsin, which is not She Boston. didn't say Boston. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mistake I made. Yes. <laughs> yes. When I was 18, I was there when they installed the first stoplight. <laughs> and it was just a blinker. It wasn't a, you know, it was a red and a yellow. It was. <laughs> I love so, that. So... If you are, like I'm here now, if I went out and was in a small accident and, say, badly banged up my ankle or something like that and was concerned that I might have a fracture or anything like that, I could go to the local emergency room. The VA will pay for it because I'm enrolled. I am an active patient inside the VA's healthcare system. Obviously can't drive myself to the, you know, hospital that's two hours down the road. So they're going to, I'd go to the emergency room, get treated, call the VA. That's the biggest thing. Within 72 hours, you must contact the VA and tell them that you were either treated at the emergency room or that you are actually a patient in the hospital. What will happen is the VA will say, you know, do you need to stay in the hospital there? Are you stable to be transported? Can we bring you to a VA hospital? Is there a bed available? Oh, there's no beds available at the VA hospital? We'll continue to pay for the local hospital. You don't need continuing care. You're going to be released tomorrow. We'll just go ahead and leave you overnight. Other times they'll say, oh, you're going, you say injured your back and you're going to need weeks and weeks of physical therapy and you're going to be in the hospital for the next couple weeks anyways then they'll bring you to the VA hospital if there's a bed available. And they will pay for all that, and they will pay for that hospital while you're in that hospital at their convenience. But you must reach them within 72 hours, even if all you do is call and speak to the nurse um, advocate or nurse advice person on duty. Once she logs it in, So you want to know, you know, the hospital you're in and someone there that they can contact to arrange any type of care or transportation you need. Recently, I had to have a follow-up stress test. Um, I have a heart condition, which probably would have made me (laughs) qualified for service if they had known. But they kept, everybody kept telling me I had exercise asthma, but when I got MVA, they said, hmm, for a woman, these symptoms could be a heart issue too Mm. because we do show heart conditions differently than men so my VA doctor said let's do some tests just to be sure and they went oh my god you have eight blockages you have this you know oh my goodness luckily yeah yeah 
so stints to open up two blockages mm-hmm. and life is so much easier. So here's a question for you. Let's say, again, I'm in Podunk, USA. I have not gone to a VA to get my, to register. And the nearest VA hospital, let's say, is an hour away. Do I have to physically go there to register or can I do it online or can I call and get registered? You can do it any which way you want. You can apply online. You can apply in person. You can, and they have a system whereby online, it can actually tell you if you're eligible because a lot of our older veterans, many years ago, back in 2003, they actually said, okay, we can't serve everybody. So we're going to look at your income. We're going to look at your assets. So veterans, especially farmers and business owners, were applying. They had no service-related injuries or illnesses, or they had never filed. And so the system saw them as a brand-new, super healthy guy. Well, a lot of people apply because they're not so healthy and they want (laughs) that care. Right. So they looked at income and assets, and that assets disqualified so many people. A farmer with 10 acres of land, and even someone that wasn't a farmer with 10 acres of land, nine acres of it was counted as assets. Good to know. you don't need more than an acre of land to live. Right. So any excess is considered luxury. So what I'm taking away from this is that you don't know what you don't know. So apply and see if you're eligible. Yes. Now, A lot of guys that applied back in those 2000, uh, I want to say it was 2010, but I'm not sure. Um, They were denied because of those assets. Well, the thing of it is, is they stopped counting those assets and they went back to just income. Income minus medical costs. So if you've retired, your income has changed. Yes. Or if, and which may change your category as far as co-pays in the VA. So if you've retired since you entered the VA, Go back and do a means test. By what means are you living? What are you living on? So if you change jobs and your income changed dramatically, well, if your income went down, maybe you don't have to pay the co-pays for the specialists or the doctors anymore. So it's worth looking at the numbers every so often. And this is why I say to people, don't go online and apply. Go to your local VSO rep. They're going to know the categories and they're going to be able to say, oh, yeah, when you count your medical expenses, it's your whole household. So maybe your spouse is taking expensive meds. Or are you counting the fact that you have eczema and you buy hydrocortisone cream every month? Well, that's a medical expense. Even toothpaste is considered a medical expense. Because if you don't keep your teeth healthy, the rest of you is going to suffer. Who knew? So all those little things get counted as medical expenses. A lot of people go, well, I don't know what it costs me per year for my toothpaste and my Band-Aids. And I'd say, well, on average, everybody spends at least $50. Nowadays, that's probably $75 it's probably or more. more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would put down that little miscellaneous category. Right. But your Medicare premium. So if you just turn 65 and you're paying that $180-some a month, well, that's $2,000 a year. That may bring your income down low enough that you don't even have to pay the pharmacy copay. 
Yeah, I just I just applied for Medicare A and B, and that that B part's one hundred and seventy dollars a month. Yep, and that's so. Oof, yeah, it's <laughs> a wake up call. Not, yeah, a lot of veterans that are in the system they turn sixty five and they think, well, I don't need Medicare because I've got VA. After all, it'll pay for the emergency room and the set and the Ah, yeah, but. It's a financial transaction at the budget level. Right. So you have to apply for that A and B. A is automatic. It's Mm -hmm. hospitalization. It doesn't cost you anything. B is the one that's going to cost you. If you don't apply for it at 65 and at 67, the VA catches up with you and says, hey, wait a minute. We were trying to charge off part of this cost, you know, one seventh of what your bill is to Medicare, and it came back and said rejected because you're not in, now you're going to have to apply and pay a penalty. So maybe you're going to end up paying $200 for that $170 Medicare. Don't do that to yourself. Pay it, but then go and do that means test because, after all, it may drop you down to the point where you're not paying for anything in the VA now. Those free hearing aids, free glasses, free pharmacy. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that I need to just go get evaluated by the VA. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and you don't even need to go to that VA. That's where that VSO comes in. Anytime there's a significant change in your life, you should be going to your VSO and saying, hey, my income has dramatically changed or now I'm having to pay you know, $500 a month for my spouse's medical bills for pharmacy. Well, go and see your VSO. Yep. Mm-hmm. You get divorced your spouse dies, you need to go and report that because that's going to change your household situation. Absolutely. Also, they may be saying, okay, by the way, Tom, I noticed that you're having a harder time working and I, or walking and I noticed that service-connected knee seems to be giving you troubles. Maybe it's time to get it reevaluated. Maybe it's time to look at should you have a higher rating? Well, if you're 30% for a couple things, and then all of a sudden your knee needs replacement, you're probably going to end up with a higher rating at 50% mm-hmm. or greater, which gives you everything in the VA free. But don't assume, you know, because right. everyone's different. You have to get yours just like, you know, if you talk to your friend, he's like, oh, my rating just went up. And you think automatically, oh, if yours went up, I went up because we were in the same, you know, command and all this other stuff, just go and get the information. So Jane, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for all of this information. For those of you that don't know, I called Jane the walking Wikipedia VA benefits because she knows so much about this, which is why we're doing this. And so I hope some of these questions that you had were answered. If not, you can always reach out to Jane and that will uh, be in the show notes for the episode. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe. Take care of each other until next time. And it's never too late to start your impossible. Mm